This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm Eric Fisher and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week we get to talk with one of my favorite productivity people, Max Sparky, David Sparks of the Mac Power Users podcast and MacSparky.com. He's been on the show before and I will link to that in the show notes. Let's just jump right on in to the episode. This week is once again my privilege to welcome back David Sparks, Mac Sparky, to the show. David, welcome back. Thanks, Eric. It's uh, my pleasure. So it's been a while. You're still one of my favorites. <laughs> You're still oh, one great. of my productivity gurus uh, out there. So that's a that's such a loaded word. It it know? is. It is. So I mean, you are one of the ones that continually comes through my RSS feed in Feedly, and I always appreciate. You know, the, the jazz selections that you, uh, give for us, uh, as well as even, even just, you know, randomly you have sponsors come through and I'm just like, Oh, I have not heard of that one before. That's cool. I'll check that tool out. So, uh, you, you have made it up there into those, the select, uh, I don't know. There's probably about five or seven people in there that I look to is like, okay, they've got their pulse on this thing and I want to con- continue to stay in the know. So I, I've always felt like the, the people who say that, you know, they've got it all figured out and they're going to teach you productivity are the ones that you have to be wary of. Mm-hmm. The best people I've learned from are the fellow travelers, the people who are screw ups like me, Yes, <laughs> but just keep trying to figure it out and hammering away at it. And once in a while, I'll come up with a nugget or two. And, and, uh, you know, and I also think that just that whole idea of, you know, productivity guru, it, it makes you think that, um, that there is some like Zen like state you're going to get with this stuff where it's never going to be a problem anymore. And the fact is, this is a battle you're going to fight the rest of your life. And, uh, no matter how good you get at it, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. No. And it's good for me to hear you say that. I feel like I identify as a fellow productivity screw up. In fact, I should put that in my Twitter bio or something. But, um, yeah, I, I like that idea that you, you stated that it's, like this Zen state we're all kind of trying to get to. And, and the thing is, is that that's just not how it works. I mean, you can have a perfectly set up system and, you know, everything, all the ducks are in the row and then they change formation. Yeah. In fact, I just (laughs) had that happen to me. I, I've been, you know, I was getting things really on top of things. I got kidney stones. So for like two or three weeks, I was just like a wreck and all my little productivity bits didn't help me when I'm in bed all day. And, um, Although they did kind of help, I guess that's something. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't it, it almost, I mean, I would suspect that something like that comes up and, you know, at least you're in a more prepared state yeah. than somebody it, else would be. Because I have filters and things. So I was able to make sure that the real critical stuff got handled. And, you know, so no plates, you know, crashed to the ground, but, but a lot of other stuff didn't get done. But I, I guess it did help me in hindsight. Yeah. Well, and, and that was what on the heels of your transition that you've been, you know, in the midst of. Let's talk about that a little bit. How has that been? And the last time we talked, you were still like this full blown courtroom wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. It's, well, so for 21 years, I worked in a law firm. It just for a variety of reasons, I decided that I was going to stick it to the man and go out on my own. <laughs> and so I did that in, in late February. And uh, so I've got my own little law practice and I've got, you know, a, a nice, healthy staple of clients and I'm still doing a lot of the same things, but no longer am I going to, you know, the office so much and I don't have meetings with a bunch of other lawyers, mainly my meetings are with my clients. And, um, I just have a lot more control over my life now, which is great, but I'm still figuring out like, you know, kind of the earlier theme, it's always in motion and I'm still figuring out what the balance is between that and the books I write. And I'm really hoping, Eric, in the next three or four months, I'll get a little more, a little better at this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing that I've always kind of observed from listening to the show, the Mac Power Users show as a long-term listener. 
as well as just, you know, following you and your blog and your projects has been just this, you don't have that Zen-like I've arrived, but you have that calmness. You have that, you're laid back. In other words, that's the best way to put it is stuff breaks. You get frustrated. I mean, I've seen your, I don't know if I'd call it a rant, but you know, family sharing on iTunes and the Apple store and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's definitely stuff that doesn't, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you continually kind of work with the clay, you know what I mean? And you, and you yeah. continually shape things to be along that path of, look, the tools aren't going to be where the resistance is. We've already got enough resistance in ourselves in terms of doing our work. Let's not make the tools part of that. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, another thing about it is I've always just had a very easygoing personality. I don't get, I don't have real high highs and low lows, but mm. um, I think that one of the biggest problems in the world today is people are so hard on themselves. And I mean, it, it just talk to anybody out there and they're just like beating themselves up because they're not getting enough work done or they're not doing this or that. And, you know, all we can do is our best and just figure it out, do your best. And you know, I think that self, you know, I, you know, the way they people are so hard on themselves, I think that really gets in the way of them actually getting work done. Yeah. It takes a lot to, one, acknowledge that that's even happening, first off, and, and that it's yourself, not somebody else doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think by, we are largely the hardest. I know in my case, I'm much harder on myself than I'm on anybody else. Yeah. And um, and you just have to let go a little bit, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that was probably part of what was – you know, making you feel not just the kidney stone pain, but the the internal conflict of, man, I'm lying in bed and I'm supposed to be out there doing this stuff and I'm supposed to have it all together. What's wrong with me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, just like, you know, when you go out on your own in business, so my clients now have a lawyer who doesn't have a big firm, you know, and there's a whole bunch of benefits for them to that. But there's a detriment to that. If the guy is down sick, they don't have the assistance they need. And it's like, I don't want that to be the case or they'll go find somebody else, you know? So it's, um, it, you do feel pressure, you know, when you get sick and you're, uh, you know, you have your own business. Yeah. What were some of those steps though, that you, you took in terms of that transition? What, I mean, you had some clients, you, you've moved to kind of doing your own thing. How does some, I, I'm hearing listeners in their minds, they're thinking, well, that's great. I'd love to do what I do for, you know, whatever business I'm doing or, or that I'm an employee at right now. How do I move out of that and do my own version of that for myself and be my own boss? What do I have to think of and be prepared for and transition to? I'm sure you came up, I mean, you've been doing this so long, so you were probably more prepared than others doing that. Yeah. Right? I think part of it is just, you know, what type of business you're in, like being a lawyer it is a very well accepted model, the solo practitioner. I mean, that's something that's been around since right. forever. So it's not like you're creating some new entity, although I have very different ideas about how you can do it in terms of like I bill differently and I've tried to change the practice of law in essence in my little corner of the world. But so that was not like I was creating something brand new by going on my own. But for many years, I've been, you know, developing my own client base. And, you know, this wasn't something where I just woke up one day and went in and quit my job. Um, I had, you know, spent a lot of time. And frankly, I had a separate income from the books I write. And right. it's, it's not huge, but I knew that it was a bit more of a cushion in case the legal stuff didn't play out as I wanted it to play out. So. There was a lot of pieces in place, but it, it is terrifying nonetheless. I mean, it, it was the scariest thing, one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life because, you know, I have kids. I have one kid in college. It's like, what, you quit your job with benefits while you've got a kid in college? Are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's good to hear. Like, it makes me feel comfortable or comforted, I guess is a better way to put it, that you, even David Sparks, who is, you know, supposed to be, you know, supposed to be you're, you're, you're pretty on top of stuff. Let me put it that way. And pretty decent lawyer. <laughs> and people look to you and know, oh, yeah, he's got his stuff together. And you've, you know, you've written the books and you've balanced the the side stuff as well as the, the day job stuff and even did podcasting on top of all of that. And, you know, that's a lot of what our, my listeners are. And to hear you say, yeah, I mean, you're, you're never not going to be scared when you move into a transitional period like that. It's, it's yeah. good to hear. It's scary, but it's also exhilarating. A good friend of mine mm -hmm. said, hey, uh, Merlin Mann, I think, haven't you had him on your show? Yeah, he's been on twice. Yeah, Merlin's told me on a phone call, he said, this is a chance for you to build all new habits. I mean, how often do, in your life do you have the ability to start from scratch? 
And, you know, be mindful as you start this new enterprise, you know, what your new habits are going to be. Because, like, uh, one of the things that changed for me is, you know, I used to get up every day around 6 and, you know, shower, shave, put on the suit, you know, drive, you know, 35 minutes to work, deal with the morning, you know, tea, deal with the morning meeting. About 10 a.m. I would get started at work, you know. And in my new life, by 10 a.m., I've got a lot of my work done if everything's going according to plan. So. It's just so different, and um, it is kind of fun to have a chance nice. to, to start over, even like an old guy like me. Once yeah. in a while to- I think probably part of the extra freedom there is that you've kind of trained your core clients as to how you do things. And so yeah. now they're, they're even more of a joy to work with because they're just yours. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like one of the things I do is um, I do house calls. You know, I have business, a lot of business clients and I go visit them, you know, once every month or two at their office. And I learn so much more when I'm at their office because I can see the dynamics with the employees and you just get a much better feel for what's going on. I don't charge them to drive up to their office, which is, is unusual for lawyers. Uh, but, you know, I can afford to. I don't need to become a gazillionaire here. I just <laughs> want to take good care of my clients. And and they love it, you know. So it creates kind of a new dynamic as well. It's really fun. I mean, Eric, I have to make it work because I like it so much. I cannot imagine ever going back now. It feels like a separate lifetime. So that's, that's great. Yeah. You, I also see you doing stuff where you're you're heading out to Disney or you know, star and, and doing videos of Star Wars and things like yeah, that. Well, you know, it's I can do that now. I have yeah. a little more control. I mean, it, it's it was funny. Like one of the things I used to do is I had all these workflows built around Monday and Saturday because I, you know, I have really two careers in a lot of ways and. Now those workflows don't make sense anymore because any day I can be doing work on either part of my life. It's much more fluid now. And my wife is a big Disney blogger. So she goes there probably once a week. We have passes. And every, you know, not every week, but quite often I'll go with her. And I'll just go sit in the the hotel lobby, which is this gorgeous craftsman hotel. It's like my remote office. And I can work in there for three or four hours and then go have lunch with her. I don't know. Just quality of life goes up when you can have that kind of flexibility. That's great. I love that. I love that idea that you've got a a hotel lobby as your secondary office there. Yeah, I grew up a Star Wars nerd. You know, I was I was a child of the seventies, mm-hmm. and and they just announced over the weekend that they're going to build a whole new. It's going to be you know a a lot of money they're going to spend there a fourteen yeah. acre like Star Wars themed area in Disneyland. And I told my wife, I said, well, you know, in a couple of years, I'll just be in the cantina writing contracts <laughs> with the aliens. <laughs> when you want to come get me, you know. David emailed first. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, because great. the eight-year-old in me is never going to be able to get away from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Could you even imagine, I can't even imagine the fact that we're seeing all this resurgence. And I mean, you know, if you'd gone 10 years ago, when the second trilogy, so to speak, had ended. I mean, the, the I, prequels, mean I had heard yeah. they were going to do this. They never actually did those, did they? I always wondered how they would turn out. But, you know, luckily, you know, there's been so much time. It's great to see Disney really just funding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, the Disney money is just injecting a, just new life to a whole new uh, – I mean, my daughter's 10. And we watched all of the three movies recently. Yeah. And she's really looking forward to December, so – well, it's it's funny to me that Disney has become such a powerhouse. And if you look at what they did with Marvel, you know, the way they've turned that into such a mm. powerful franchise, you know, they're going to do the same thing with Star Wars. But I, yeah. I'm pretty sure your audience doesn't care about this. Not at all. But <laughs> but they do care about the traveling thing. And that and that is you're you're there local with the Disney. It's not too far. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. It's like a, it's like 30 minutes from my house. Are you still getting around and doing much? speaking where you're you know getting on planes or going to hotels and things like that i know yeah. at one yeah, point you were so yeah i am um, it depends it goes up and down I, I try to balance it you know because i've got my priorities in my life in addition to my family are the the law practice and the books and the, the stuff i produce is max barkey the speaking stuff is fun but i can't do it like every month because it's just too much of uh it pulls me away from the family too much but uh i have i'm speaking at the american bar association in a couple of months i'm speaking at another conference so i do speak about probably once a quarter okay i was just at a uh a podcasting conference podcast movement and i got to see dan benjamin and uh mike vardy and a few other in fact that was one mike pulled me in onto his show is all right talk to me about how you do productivity while traveling. And, and actually, let me ask you that. How do you prepare for when you're going to go to a trip and maybe be a bit uh, out of reach? Well, it depends. I mean, I have um, 
the two ways people communicate with me are um, computers and telephones. And for a telephone, I have a, like a service I use for the legal side, and uh, I keep them apprised of what I'm doing so they know when I'm available, when I'm not, when they can, they patch it through. Um, one of the things when you travel is you're never going to get as much work done when you travel as you think right. you are. I think you're setting yourself up for failure if you go with these big expectations, because when you're traveling, one of the points is probably to do some networking and meet with people. And um, that is just as important. And sometimes you'll have a low productivity week, but you can still make sure nothing burns down. So I usually, when I travel, try and designate like 6 to like 9 a.m. as the kind of admin time. And I deal with whatever my client issues are, you know, Max Sparky stuff. I try and get that all done. And then I go to the conference with a clear conscience. But that's how I do it. Yeah, that's that's typically what I do, too, is and, and I'll even do outside of designated work hours, air quotes, an extra, you know, few hours a night or some, whenever I fit it in, you know, as a trip is approaching just so that I've gotten some of the heavy lifting done before I go on the trip, because I I have made that mistake before. It's like, oh, well, I'll just do that on the plane. And yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget. I was going to do that. I had a big thing to do once and I was behind. I said, well, I'll do it on the plane. And I got on the plane and there was like two twins behind me screaming. And there was somebody in front of me that just cranked their seat back as far as possible oh, as soon as we took off. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to take a nap on this plane. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, but in terms of the, um, actual technology, I've got everything wired to the point where when I open my laptop, it's got what I need on it already. I don't have to do a lot of prep in terms of like preparing files and things like that. So yeah. I can work just about anywhere pretty easily. Yeah, that's great. And actually, that reminds me, I need to say like a personal thank you. You uh, suggested something. I, this may have been more than a year ago now, but it, it was the uh, the Hutu uh, trip mate. Isn't that great? Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. I, yeah. I just used it again on this last trip. And uh uh, we should probably describe what it is. First off, I mean, the least, the least cool function of it, <laughs> which is funny, is like a fast charger for your devices, USB yeah. and micro it's USB got a battery and all that. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that it's this, the portable router that needs almost no setup at all is amazing. Yeah. And when you go in a hotel room, you can plug it into the wall and it'll expand the wireless, you know, if they have at the hotel, it'll give you better wireless. If they've got the um, Ethernet jack, you can plug it into it and create your own little hotspot. And I forget what I paid for it. It was something like $30. It was not much money. Yeah, it's it's not too much. I know I got mine on uh, on Amazon. I don't think it's that much. I'll put this in the show notes. I'm trying to remember now. I think it was um, it was a Mac Power Users listener that turned me on to it. And he was an airline pilot. And, you know, so he's traveling all the time. And he says, this is like, this is it, man. you got to get one of these. Yeah, it, it's really good. And in fact, the first time I used it, uh, and I know for a fact it's been more than a year now since I found out about it because... Last year at Christmas was my first time to really get to try it out. And I, I we went back home to New York to my home family and my, my stepfather, uh, <laughs> who will not listen to this. So that's that's fine. I can say this. Um, forgot the password to his Wi-Fi network. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can't get in. And, and rather than just be, you know, hassled by that, I said, oh, I have a fix. And I literally took this to his office, plugged it in to, uh, took an Ethernet cord, plugged it into his router, plugged yeah. the other end into this. Created your own network. Had my own network at his house. All our devices yeah. suddenly, boom, on using his internet, but not his Wi-Fi. His, his so pipe, good. your network. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, man, it was even to be able to plug in the wire into your hotel room and, and take their, what is traditionally probably three or four times faster wired signal and translate it out onto your own Wi-Fi uh, auto join Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So good. So yeah, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for passing that along. That's been amazing. And and again, I'll put that in the show notes. This is uh, too good a tool to pass up. So once again, we're going to help you spend money. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think, and I just looked it up on Amazon while I was saying that, but uh, the, the version that I have is, well, it looks like the size of a, the, you know, the white brick that comes with your MacBooks. Uh, it's yeah. about that size, just black. Are you still using that version? I know there's a couple other different ones out there. I think now. I have the prior one. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to go pull it out. I've got yeah, a, I've got like a, a travel box. That's one of my that's one of my tips. I have a a little like a plastic container with everything that I might take when I go on a trip. Yes. And then when I go to pack, I just dump that out on the bed and pick and choose from it and that's in there. But yeah, I don't look at it otherwise. Good. Yeah, I kept getting harped on uh, again at the same trip by Mike Barty, who was like, why don't you keep your you didn't bring a bathing suit? And I'm like, 
well, I didn't think I'd need it. He was like, well, you, just leave, you leave it in the bag in between trips and then you never forget it. And I was like, I, well, I do that with my tech stuff. But uh, anyway, I'm going to start doing that with more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that Mike Vardy, he's a smart he's, guy. Yeah, he won't leave me alone. He may, he he pressured me. He's like, let's not break the chain. We got to keep the streak. Uh, you got to go work out with me. And I'm like, all right. So I actually worked out with him three days in a row at this hotel in between sessions or first thing in the morning or right before – a party in the evening for the, for the show. It was a little bit much, but I was glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond this episode is brought to you by sax.com at Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. So I- I'm curious, speaking of health stuff, the Apple Watch, how has that continued to uh, – I know you're getting back into your rhythm again from being sick, but yeah, how has it, that been working for you? I, you know, I really like it. I was just listening to someone the other day who said it's a flop, and I was thinking, how, <laughs> how can you say that's a flop? The, um, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to make the same kind of money as the iPhone, but you mm. know, an iPhone is not $200. I mean, when you buy one from the carrier for $200, the carrier is probably paying seven or $800 for it. I mean, in terms of a money-making machine, you know, and, and almost everybody, in, you know, how millions of people buy them. I mean, it's like Apple really hit it big with the iPhone. The Apple Watch is not going to be as big, but it is quite useful. If you're an iPhone user, it can really make your life easier. It's not necessary. It's not something you must have, but it's if you, you know, if you want to spend some money on something and make your life a little more convenient, it's really quite useful. I mean, uh, one of the things I wrote about Max Sparky was I was up in uh, San Francisco for a week at a conference and I was doing a lot of late nights. And usually in big cities, I'm comfortable walking around at night, but I'm also not an urban dweller, if that makes sense. I've mm-hmm. never lived in an urban environment. So I always feel like I kind of have that deer in the headlights look in my face already. Um, so getting directions on my phone always makes me a little nervous because, you know, you're clearly an out-of-towner when you stop at every corner and look at your phone and then, you know, look around like you're trying to figure out where you're going. Uh, but when you put directions on your phone, they automatically appear on your wrist with the Apple Watch. So when I'm walking down the street, it taps me if I need to turn left or right, or if I just look at it like I'm checking the time, it tells me where I need to turn next. I mean, just little things like that is is very useful. Wow. I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. 
That's and and the, no, cool. the, the notifications are great. I was in a, a big fancy shareholder meeting recently and there was some things going on in another part of the country that needed to happen. And it was, it was very um, high drama, you know, <laughs> but I was waiting for a notice of something and I didn't want to keep looking at my phone, but you know, my, my watch tapped and I looked down and the thing that needed to happen happened. And then we were able to get things rolling. And, um, it's really great. I mean, even as I was just talking to you about that, my phone started ringing and I just looked at my watch and declined the call. So there's a bunch of little nice things about it um, where if you get one, I think you might like it. But um, it's not something that everybody has to have. I think a lot of people are kind right. of like they're like, well, if you don't have to have it, then you shouldn't buy it. Well, I guess that's up to you. Man, you, you've given me like five different questions that have sprung to mind instantly. But I, I, yeah, I, from what I heard – it's again one of those things that uh from people that I've heard that that have one and and they they've stopped checking their phones so often and then diving deep, you know, app to app to app to app in the phone because they got that one little pertinent contextual piece of information right from their wrist and then went back to doing what they were doing. Yeah, I I was up in San Francisco at the Apple's developer event, the WWDC, mm-hmm. and I was at a room full of tech journalists and application developers, and we were all eating dinner together. It was like 10 of us at the table. And of course, everybody had a watch on you because know, <laughs> we're nerds. But the thing that was remarkable to me, I noticed halfway through dinner, there wasn't a single phone on the table. And oh, wow. I, I know, I know with that group, there would have been several phones on the table if there was no an Apple watch. Oh, that's it. That, see, that's interesting to me does the so one of the questions i had is typically a phone vibration is still something that can be heard by others you know in close proximity does the watch have that kind of or is it that haptic or whatever it's called what is it called i think it's called taptic taptic that's it yeah haptic's a thing though right yeah it is okay (laughs) taptic is like a play on that it's haptic (laughs) plus a tap no it, it taps you on the back of your wrist and it's not audible there, there is a way you can have it make a little ding if you want or turn it off. Right. But if you turn off the audible element, nobody's going to know. Okay. And it's more discreet to, you know, just kind of glance over at yeah. your wrist versus to have something come out and then have it, you know, have to palm it and really literally look at it in a, in a meeting or in other kinds yeah. of, you know, social circles. So that, that's, that's really amazing to me that you had like 10 different Apple fanboys with no phones out yeah the other thing i really like about it and this is just a it's a silly little feature but for me it's it's super helpful because my calendar has lots of events on it not only do i have events like doing a podcast with eric i have an event to you know form a company or you know like if i set aside a block of time for a big project that needs to get done it'll go on the calendar as a project entry so i'm always looking at what's next and with the watch, you can look at it and see your next appointment, just looking at the, if you set it up in a certain way. And you can even, with the new version that they're going to have, the version two, you're going to be able to scroll forward at, right from the watch face and see all your upcoming events. And I love that. Oh, yeah. See, and that's one of the things for me is, I mean, I even, I've tried one on and I felt like, you know, this is cool. I really like it. The fact that they even said, uh, the guy said, oh, yeah, you can control your Apple TV from your, your watch. I'm like, well, that's nice. I'll be able to yeah, mess with is. my kids and just they're yeah. watching something and I can walk in and just mess with it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sold on the the benefits. I'm sold on on all of it. I think it's it's mostly an issue of now it's gotten so far into this first or, or you know, in between cycle of, you know, version one and version two of you know, hardware and software at this point that it's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to hold off and wait to see what the next one really has. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the second one will be better. Definitely. Uh, There is a question that, you know, Apple's very mama, all this stuff, but I'm not certain that we're going to get a new watch every year. I mean, I'm not sure they need to. So it may be something where the upgrade cycle is longer than once a year. I mean, for the phone, you have to, because there's so much competition and all that stuff. But with the watch, it may be something where they only upgrade it every couple of years. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I, you know, significant, maybe with no hardware change, but with the, you know, watch OS update unlocking enough new stuff uh, or functionality that they wouldn't need to. That's a, that is a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. It's interesting that um, they're all the same. Whether you buy the gazillion dollar gold one or the aluminum one, which you can get into for what is it about? I think for a women's or the smaller one at three fifty. 
it's all the same processor. I mean, there's no difference between the actual hardware. I just bought the cheap one, the aluminum yeah. one, and um, it's fine. Yeah, that's interesting. You've probably been paying pretty close attention. It's your job or one of them. What are some of the upcoming features? And for that matter, let's go into iOS for just a little bit. Yeah. On the watch, what are some of the upcoming features that you're most interested in? And then what are some of the upcoming iOS features you're, you're yeah. looking forward to? Uh, the big uh, drawback with the watch right now is that it runs third-party applications, but it does it in a way that's kind of crippled. Like if you want to, like OmniFocus is an app I use all the time. It doesn't store the OmniFocus data on the watch. It basically goes to the phone every time and it's, it's pulling data from the phone and which is fine with OmniFocus because it, the data is already on the phone usually. But like if you go to maps, it goes to the phone, then the phone goes to the internet. And then it pulls down the information on the internet and then it sends it wirelessly to the watch. Well, there's a lot of work involved there. And as a result, it's slower. With version two, which, which they're in beta now and I believe will release probably this fall sometime, they will have it where you can run native applications truly on the, on the watch. So that'll make uh, native apps a little better. Oh, cool. They also have for travelers a really cool feature. It's called nightstand mode. When you set it on your nightstand on its side, it displays the time like a nightstand would. And oh, there's, wow. There's two buttons on the side. There's a, there's a crown and there's a button and one of them will turn off the alarm and one of them will snooze the alarm. So when you're traveling, it's kind of nice. You can just set it up as a nightstand on your, uh, on your nightstand. That's cool for those people who aren't wearing it while they sleep. Yeah. Well, you, and, <laughs> and generally you don't. Stuff. Yeah. Generally you don't because it needs to charge. Right. Um, you know, it, you charge it once a day, but one of the things that's cool about the watch is it keeps a charge for a full day. No problem. I mean, I, uh, that's what worried me when they first came out. I said, well, if this thing like, you know, craps out at dinner time, then it's not going to be any good to me. They really, um, engineered this thing to last a full day. I've, I've never had a problem. I mean, some days I go to bed and I've still got like 60% of the battery left. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is great. I, I, I've heard similar stories like that to it that they're one because they're, you know, I mean, we're so used to our, our phones being open and active in between some passive sessions that a battery life in general is, is one of those things. Yeah. Uh, we're all just like, we're a little leery of, is it really going to last 10 hours, 11 hours? But you need such little power on that little screen on your wrist in general that it's, yeah. it doesn't need as much. And, and Apple in general as a company, it's, it's clear that one of their big priorities is, is battery life. I mean, they understand I mean, even with the new iOS coming out for the iPhone this fall, I'm running a, a beta of it right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm already seeing an increase in battery life because they've done a whole bunch of tweaks under the hood, all kinds of things. Like, you know, there's a sensor on it that knows when it's against your face. So it knows when it's against something. So if you set your phone face down on a table with the new version that's coming out in the fall, it's going to know that it's against a table. So if a notification comes in, it's not going to turn the screen on and display the notification because it's going to check that. And it's just all these little tweaks like that, that Apple's estimating they're going to add an hour of battery life to every existing phone. It's like, if you just upgrade your phone, you're going to get an extra battery hour of battery life just because of the little software tweaks they've been making. I mean, they're spending a, an enormous amount of resources to try and maximize battery. Yeah. What else is in iOS nine that's coming by the time this comes out, we may be hearing a definitive date of when that officially comes out of beta but uh yeah the um my guess would be that um because there's a lot of good um smoke to the rumor that they're going to announce it in early september and release it in mid-september so i i suspect that's what's going to happen it's not a massive change in the look unlike mm -hmm. um you know the ios 7 they're just continuing to refine the user interface they've spent a lot of time on notes so if you're an evernote user or have thought about using evernote the new notes app is actually really impressive Really? See, I typically don't even mess with that one just because, I don't know, I, I guess I originally just thought, eh, it looks okay, but I've got other things I use. So. Oh, it was, it was originally a dog. I mean, it had, yeah. I think, Marker Felt was the original <laughs> yes. font. And it, it was like, oh, let me write in Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, they've really put a lot of effort into it. Now you can put clippings into it. It's got a um, system-wide um, resource. So like if you're in Safari, you can just click the sharing button and put a page into Notes. It can save images. It can do bulleted lists. And, you know, just there's a whole bunch of new features they've done. And they've put it across all platforms. So it's on iPad, iPhone, and Mac. So oh, nice. uh, it's actually quite useful. I, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. I've always been a big fan of plain text. 
and this isn't plain text. So I'm not sure if I'm going to adopt it wholeheartedly, but I've been using it through the beta, and it is really impressive. Very cool. What about the uh, the fonts? The, the or the new font even yeah so they um the Apple developed their own font San Francisco they put it across the system font in in the iPad the iPhone and also the new version of the Mac software too it, it looks nice I mean it's a nice looking font I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff they did if you're an iPad user that's uh, you're going to see a lot of benefit now they have the ability to split the screen so you can have two apps open at once you know the problem I think they've run in with the iPad is that it generally works pretty well yeah. Even the older ones, so nobody's buying new ones. So the the story in the press is, oh, the iPad is doomed and it's not going to, nobody's <laughs> buying it. And, you know, um, I, I don't think it's that so much as it is people that have them are perfectly happy with the one they have. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm good with my, what yeah. is it again? It's an iPad Mini 2. Yeah. It's, it's well, the Retina a, Mini. That's a fairly recent one, so you should yeah. be good with that. But it's going to suddenly need more processing speed as it's running multiple apps on the screen at once. and. They're going to add new features that I think are going to encourage people to probably upgrade at some point. There's also a big rumor floating around about a supersize iPad, you know, and yeah. um, I don't know what to think of that. It seems like, once again, that's one where I've heard from a lot of different people that this is going to happen, but I don't know when. And that's the thing for me is I felt like, how do we put this? The, the original iPad came out and it was like, wow, this is amazing. Love it. You know, it was first kind of real tablet. Let me just say yeah, that. Yeah. And so when the mini came out, Suddenly, everybody was like, or a lot of people, even though it didn't have the, the retina display, the form factor felt more comfortable in general. I think you even felt that, right? I had one that's my wife's, and um, I actually stuck with the bigger one because I, a lot of my work is um, proofreading PDFs. Mm -hmm. And with a smaller screen, it's yeah. pretty hard to read. Yeah. But and and I think that that was the thing for me is I've I've gone back and forth of, you know, sometimes I really want that small form factor, but not as small as my iPhone uh, 6 Plus. And then uh, sometimes, you know, I want that bigger screen, that big, giant touchscreen iPad. And I, I'm interested to see what that next iteration that supposedly is coming, size-wise, screen-wise. I mean, I imagine it's going to look like what the new macbook uh airs screen size just as a tablet form i guess yeah I, i've seen the number 12 inches thrown around so yeah. I, I don't know um, but the like one of the features with ios 9 with the ipad is you can take two fingers and put it on the keyboard the on-screen keyboard and move it around and then it moves the cursor around the screen like a mouse yeah and um like that's the kind of stuff you're going to think you may want a bigger screen for when you start doing things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm at that point where I'm like, man, is it going to be worth it? I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where you got to go into the store and do hands on. Cause that's, I mean, I mean, it took me when I, I was upgrading from my iPhone five to the six or six plus. I mean, I went to the store three, four times or more before I really landed on which was more comfortable. And uh, it, it all came down to typing, thumb typing. And it came down to the plus because I have fat thumbs. So that's the hardest decision I've ever had in buying a technology <laughs> product. You know? I'm glad I'm not alone in that. <laughs> it was really tough for me for, because I see so many advantages to both of them. I, I get it. Yeah. And that was the thing is like, I, and now my wife, she still has a, what is it, a 5C. And she's, it's just fine for her. I go back to it. She's like, here, help me with this. And I go back and I'm like, I can't. My thumbs, my fingers don't fit. To tap your screen, I can't believe I used it for so long. You know, and yeah, I know. it's crazy. Um, and and like even switching over to like uh, different keyboards and things, like using Text Expander and and things like that. It's just the the six is. I mean, I I might be crazy, but I would even be okay with even a slightly bigger six plus. Yeah, and that's crazy, crazy to say, but <laughs> part of me feels like anyway, whatever. I mentioned text expander. Let's talk about this. You are like the, the poster boy or the video poster boy for doing these yeah. quick, yeah. easy tutorials that are just awesome to, to get us thinking outside the box with this thing that's just got endless possibilities. Yeah. It, well, the people that make it are friends of mine. I have to, you know, and they've sponsored my show over the years. I mean, yeah. we've kind of got a tight relationship, but more than anything, we're friends. And so I, I feel like I have this open window and and i don't know if they're probably tired of me but every time i think of something new i'd want in the <laughs> app i'm always sending them notes but they uh they continue to evolve it i mean the idea of the application is you type in a couple letters and it fills in stuff which is not anything new or novel but these guys just keep pushing the envelope with it so much like 
recently because I, I answer a lot of email in relation to the books and, and customer support type email. And I want to address them to the person's name. You know, like if I get a message from Eric, I want to write back and say, dear Eric, but I don't want to have to type that. You know, I want to automate as much as possible. So text expander, I, I figured out a, a script now in text expander where I can be in the subject line and just type something like X, thank you with X kind of being my modifier key. And it'll say, thank you for your purchase. And then it'll press the tab key, which in any, which in any email application is going to move you from the subject line to the body. And then say, dear, and then it's going to go grab the name of the recipient from the email. So it'll get your name, dear Eric, comma, new pair. Thanks so much for your purchase. And, and then, so I can write these very detailed emails with like just a couple of keystrokes. And uh, so I started, I started doing videos on those recently. So there's a whole bunch of those off all over the internet. What are the chances you're going to end up making a text expander video guide? Um, I don't know. I mean, most of the stuff you need to know, I've already put out there for free. So True. I'm not sure. It's not on the immediate horizon. Let's just put it that way. Maybe the next time they do a, a major upgrade, they'll be yeah. and say, hey, yeah. we need you to come in and, and work on this. The amazing thing is those guys are always, you know, it's, that's one of the reasons I like them so much is they're always like reaching. They've got this very aggressive list of things they want to do. And they're always trying to like add more. So it's, it's a great application. Yeah. I love it. I'll have to put it in the show notes because there's still people who don't know what it does. Well, I I think I always call it the gateway drug to automation too, because if, if you want to do some automation, because you know, computers are really good at automating things. And if you can figure out a way, if there's something you're doing in your life a lot and you can make it happen faster, then that's the sooner, you know, the sooner you do that, the sooner you can go home and be with your kids or do whatever it is that makes you happy. And text expander, you know, just the, the simple idea of, Anytime time I type this long thing, I'm not going to have to do that again. Like I just before we started today, I had a little client emergency and I was writing a quick agreement and it needed a um, attorney fee clause. And I wrote X attorney fee and then two paragraphs of text just went bloop and dropped into my agreement. And it's the attorney fee clause that I custom wrote a while back that I like. And that part of the agreement was done that fast. So just think about that in your own life and you can realize it's, it's just, you don't need to be a super nerd to take advantage of something like that. Yeah. It's those automation things that just grease the wheels of life. Yeah. And, and put in the link to those videos. Cause if, if you're yes. curious about it, the, the videos are really great and they're all like, I tried to make nothing longer than five minutes. Most of them are like two minutes. Yeah. So I mean, every time you come out with a new one, I'm just like, Oh, didn't know I could do that or didn't think I could do that in the way I, you're doing it better than I am. I better, I better say yeah. that's a better way to put it. Yeah. So. Speaking of automation, you've, you've done some of these new video guides and one of them is on workflow, which, yeah. geez, is an untapped app. I'm still, my head still boggles as to all the functions that I've not come up with yet that it can do. And they keep adding more. I mean, yeah. I almost feel like I need a new and updated version of the <laughs> video because they keep adding more. I, I've always joked that I think those guys have like naked pictures of somebody at Apple because <laughs> I don't know how that app got through. But you know, it's a new Apple. I mean, they're, they're more, um, willing to let things, you know, go out on the edge a little bit. And th- this application is, um, it brought automation to the iPad in a way that, that I never dreamed would have been possible. It's the Swiss Army knife, really, yeah. tool on, on any iOS device. What's one that you've maybe discovered or one that you've even made yourself? That Like one of the ones I did in the video was it takes my – I have it say, check where I am currently and figure out how many minutes it will take me to get home from where I am currently. Prepare a text message to my wife that says, I'm leaving now. I will be home in X minutes. And so that's, you know, it's doing a couple things. It's going to the maps application. It's going to the messages application. So it's doing, it's taking data from a few places and then it's creating a text message for me. And I save it as a button on my phone. You can save it in essence. You create an app out of it in essence. That's, that's the beauty of it right there is that it's, it's creating its own, you're creating your own apps out of this app. So when I'm, if I'm out late or if I'm up um, at a meeting far away from home or whatever, as soon as I leave, I just get in my car, I go to that, I press that button, my wife gets a message, it's accurate, and um, then I'm on my way. Beautiful. I, I love that app. Is there any other just cool one that just make, you know, man, now that I've set that up in workflow, I don't know how I could have lived without it type app yeah. you've made? I, I think another one, another automation type app is Drafts. Yes. And, um, that, that's one on your phone. You know, anytime you tap this application, it opens up and it has a blank screen and a keyboard. So you can type, if you have to take a quick note, uh, and I keep this drafts app in my dock, 
and I just tap the drafts app and then it, I can type in a note, which is a, a really useful feature on its own. But the guy who makes this, Greg, is just crazy smart and he keeps adding all these things you can do to the text, like simple things like you could say, send this text to a word processor or send it to OmniFocus or whatever, you know, send it to your calendar to create calendar entry, but also even more complex things. Like one of the things I have it do is, um, I've saved little scripts in there. Like I have, um, one to send a text message to my sisters, you know, cause we talk to each other. So I can just write a quick message in there and press one button and it texts it to my sisters. I have another one that has like my nuclear family, my kids and my wife, and I can do the same thing. And all this stuff is just faster than doing it the old way. And drafts, I think it's not very expensive and it's just really powerful. And they like, they can tie to Evernote and Dropbox and I think Google Drive. And it's just like the application is incredibly powerful. I'm just barely scratching the surface here. Yeah. But, um, that's another one that, that is an automation like application for iOS. Have, have you found one of the things that I think I, I felt like was a hang up for me at one point with drafts was being able to sync stuff from my MacBook, like be able to type something in my MacBook, have it be synced to a page in drafts and then have all the drafts options on the go. Yeah. I, yeah, it doesn't work that oh, way. Man, it's, I'm it's still waiting. I mean, if they were to come out with, you know, drafts for OS X or OS 10, whatever. Yeah. Um, man, that would be a killer combination. Yeah, I think a Mac app would be a great idea. I agree. You don't know them, do you? Could you contact them and maybe make that Yeah, I make do, but I, I can't say anything. <laughs> uh, awesome. Man, I I wish I had more time. We're running out of time here to talk, but I know you, you've come out with so many other... I mean, Workflow was one uh, in terms of the video guides. Yeah. And actually, since we last talked, you also came out with one of your old, quote-unquote, traditional multimedia <laughs> um, Max Barkey guides for presentations. Are you going to do more of those or are you yes, moving towards yes. video? I'm doing both. It just seems to decide what makes sense. Like for presentations, I wanted to talk about not only the technology and how to run the software. I also wanted to talk about what's a good presentation. And um, that seemed to me like a natural for a book. So it's a it's a multimedia book. It's got a lot of words in there and pictures, but it also has video. And uh, that's in the iBookstore. But also I had all these people requesting me to write a book about OmniFocus. And um, and I also did one recently on photos. And both of those are a subject where it's a single application. And I figured what people really want is not me to you know, ramble on with a bunch of words, but just to watch me use it and explain how I use it and why. And for that, I make these field, video field guides where it's a screencast, like the OmniFocus one. It's like two and a half hours. I know it's really long, but it's all bookmarked. But it really shows you soup to nuts how to use that application, and it applies to both phone, iPad, and Mac. Um, for photos, it's the same thing. It's not as long. I think it's an hour and a half or two hours. Actually, I've lost. You know, I forget, Eric. I think that maybe about two hours. But anyway, it, it shows because there's a new Photos app, and it shows you yeah. how to do that. So when it makes sense to do it as a video, I'll do it as a video. When it makes sense to do it as a book, I'll do it as a book. And I actually have two books right now in production. Oh, nice. So. And uh, one of them is a completely bizarre topic, but hopefully people will like it. And the other one is a more traditional kind of stuff I do. Cool. And I, I hope to have those out by the end of the year, but, you know, it's been been rough <laughs> the last couple of months. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, David, I know we're, we're reaching the end of our time here. I'd love to have everybody connect with you online. And so there's there's multiple places. There's maxbarky.net or not net, not .net. It's .com. What am I yeah, thinking? I got I bought the full You've got everything. Idea. I mean, yeah. whatever. But yeah. uh, you got maxmarkey.com, and then you've got the Mac Power users. Aside from that, anywhere else people should go? I think if you go to either one of those two places, you'll find just about everything you need about me. The The legal stuff is sparksesq.com, and the, the nerdy stuff is maxsparky.com. Also, I'm maxsparky on Twitter, if you want to say hi. Nice. Yeah, great. I, I'm glad you mentioned the legal thing because there's probably people out there who would think, man, this guy sounds cool. I'd love to be his client. So it's, you know, it's surprising how many clients I got out of the nerd community when I left. I didn't expect that. And, um, they're all pretty great. I mean, nerds need really, lawyers too. Yeah. And just, you know, they're just good people. And so that's been really kind of a, a joy for me as well. One of the things I was talking to somebody about recently is there's a lot of people who have like the day job that they're just working on to make a living until they can make the dream job happen. I really feel like I'm kind of living the dream having both of these things. I'm not eager to stop being a lawyer or I'm not eager to stop being Max Markey. I just I kind of like the balance. It's just the struggle is figuring out how to make that balance happen. Well, but, essentially, you now have two dream jobs. 
yeah, I mean, really, I represent great people and do good legal work, but I also do this tech stuff. And it's it's really, um, sometimes I feel like I'm just the luckiest guy in the world. I think you are. And I think we're all lucky to have you around so we can follow you. So <laughs> thanks, Eric. <laughs> David, it's been awesome talking with you. And uh, everybody, go check out maxsparky.com. And uh, what was the legal one? Uh, no, it's at Sparks ESQ. Sparks ESQ. And Mac Power Users, which is one of my top podcasts, let alone productivity podcasts. Yeah. And since I was on your show last, we moved the show. We're now on Relay FM. Yeah. So that's another thing. So if you go to MacPowerUsers.com or if you go to Relay.fm slash MPU, you can find the show there. Awesome. Again, David, thanks for being back on the show. Thank you, Eric. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between David and I. Again, make sure to go check out all his stuff online and make sure to go find all those links to the things that we mentioned in this episode in the show notes, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please go to beyondthetodolist.com where you'll find the links to subscribe by iTunes, email, or your other listening tool of choice. And if you wouldn't mind, go to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes and leave a rating or a review letting me know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode. Don't leave a review. Just go tell me what you get out of the show. That's awesome. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.